Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hello, this is Dan Spoon, President of the American Council of the Blind. I just want to give a big hip, hip, hooray out there to our tremendous membership that does such a great job. Thank you for calling the ACB Radio and Information Line, brought to you by Xenomedia. 518-906-1820. That's 518-906-1820. As older adults with vision loss, we understand your fears, your frustrations, and feelings of isolation. The Alliance on Aging and Vision Loss is here to help you as you pursue the independent lifestyle you deserve. For more information, visit www.aavl-blind-seniors.org or call 916-995-3967 for more information. AAVL, a supporter of the ACB Media Network. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind. I'm Brian McKellen. Today, we're going to talk with one very special guy. His name is Tony Schwartz. Tony is a voice artist and well-known member of the Pennsylvania Council of the Blind. And he joins us to talk about his life, blindness, and work with PCB, Speaking Out for the Blind. Welcome to the show, Tony. Well, uh, well, thank you, Brian, and I thank you for the invitation. Hey, glad you're here. Tell us about the Pennsylvania Council of the Blind. Well, the Pennsylvania Council of the Blind originally started as a member of the National Federation of the Blind uh, back in, I I guess we were founded in the uh, 1940s. And of course, as we evolved and uh, we broke away along with ACB from the NFB and uh, We've been uh, an initial uh, member of, uh, uh, that is, an an affiliate of ACB right from the start. And we have right now about, I think it's 200-some members. I think our high point was something over 700 members. All right. So how did you decide to join PCB? Well... I guess you could say my journey is like PCB's journey. I began as a member of NFB back in the 1970s, and by the 1980s, I found it difficult to remain a member of of NFB, mainly because of the style of leadership. Uh, It's not that I disagreed with many of the points of NFB, but I couldn't live within uh, the structure of their leadership. And uh, I began casting around and um, here in the Lehigh Valley, I live in the Allentown area of Pennsylvania, which is the uh, along the eastern border, about 55 miles north of Philadelphia. And uh, I was one of the people involved in starting the uh, Lehigh Valley chapter 
of uh, the Pennsylvania Council of the Blind. Our our first president was Diane Michaels. And uh, so I began there. I got involved with the leadership of PCB, and here I am. And here you are. You're still a member with them today. You've been PCB's president. You've been a member of the Affiliates Technology Team. You've hosted convention events. We're going to get into one of those a little bit later. And you've given awards to members. Tell us about some of these accomplishments. Well, I guess if you hang around long enough and uh, you keep working, uh, people recognize you as a possible leader. And what I was most involved with for many years was um, as a the chair of our conference committee. And I chaired the conference for about 13 years and uh, was a member of the board and then vice president and finally president. Um, and I don't know that I'm known for any particular thing other than just steady work. The Pennsylvania Council of the Blind has an award, believe it or not, called the Anthony B. Swartz Pure Pure Excellence Award. What is this award all about? What sort of recognition does it provide? Well, it was, uh, much to my surprise, established in uh, 2020. (laughs) Not everything in 2020 (laughs) was terrible, but um, and it was it recognizes uh, contributors to the organization, uh, particularly longtime contributors and uh, people who are in there and and steady. And this year, our our winner was uh, Doug Hunsinger, who has uh, uh, been our technical person and on our conferences for many years. Doug's a great guy and certainly deserving, probably more deserving than I ever was. So uh, it was a pleasure uh, giving him the award. Well, you got one deserving privilege during the recent Pennsylvania Council of the Blind Convention last September when you got to host Jeopardy. So PCB did its own little Jeopardy version of Jeopardy, the game show. How did you use your deep voice to play Alex Trebek's part? Well, I'm no Alex Trebek. (laughs) Uh, But uh, first of all, I had a wonderful committee to work with. And and Blair Wissinger was my uh, co-host on the program. And we worked for a couple of months uh, coming up with the questions, coming up with the format, and so forth. So it was the work of a very good committee. Uh, and uh, I, I can tell you that without Blair, the night would have fallen apart because uh, – um, just being the host is only a small part of what it takes. Um, and, and it takes uh, good teamwork. Yeah. I remember listening to it. I actually edited that portion of the convention for ACB media. And there was one big technical difficulty, but it got solved in the end. 
we we you lost one person in the whole in the whole zoom oh 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 yeah yeah um and we i i think it was just a a zoom issue and of course at, at that point we had to continue with our other contestants and and so forth but uh uh we kind of thought about that uh there's we're all still learning to work with Zoom and those kinds of things happen. And so we just continued with the, uh, with the program. The perils of live Zoom meetings, but you've managed <laughs> right. and got through it. That's right. great. Um, let's learn more about Tony. How did you become blind? Well, um, I've been blind since birth, uh, congenital glaucoma, and uh as a youngster, I attended the Overbrook School for the Blind, which, um, you know, maybe at the time I didn't think was was great being separated from family. But I think um, that Overbrook prepared me for life because it prepared me to think of myself not as just that, that maybe single blind kid in the school. Uh, we were all blind. And so we grew up with a, a self-definition that didn't include our blindness. We believed that we were, were normal. And I think that that has shaped uh, my whole life. And I, I do worry about that with, uh, you know, inclusion in, in many respects is a good thing, but I worry about the kids coming up who may be the only blind kid in the school. And, uh, and I'm afraid that oftentimes their definition of themselves evolves from, from that. They're just this blind kid. And, uh, you know, that can have, uh, a lifelong, um, it, it, it can shape your, your your point of view through your whole life, I think. So I, I, I consider myself very fortunate. I, I did leave Overbrook uh, for um, junior high school and high school and then, you know, went on to college and so forth. Where did you go to high school and where did you go to college? Uh, I, I went to uh, high school in the uh, Bethlehem area of uh, the city uh, where I grew up, which is uh, just east of Allentown. And then I went to school, uh, went to college at Moravian. Uh, it's now Moravian U- University. And subsequently, I went to a program at the University of Pennsylvania, uh, which sp- specialized in uh, computer training for people with disabilities. Uh, but my first career was in, in uh, social work for about five years. And I uh, really realized that I could not make a very good living uh, in social work. And uh, so uh, I took a couple of night courses in computer programming and eventually ended up as a uh, systems developer and worked in 
systems development for about 30 years. What did you do in systems development? Developed a lot of uh, business applications. And uh, I think that I was very fortunate because when I came out of the uh, University of Pennsylvania uh, training program, I uh, looked here locally in the Allentown area and uh, uh, had an internship with the county. And uh, the the person who eventually ended up my my boss for for probably about 20, 22 years um, just took an interest in me as an intern and he thought it was fascinating that I could develop systems that uh, involved development of, of uh, screens for input and so forth. So the language that I worked in, you develop both front end and back end at the same time, front end meaning how you put the data in and so forth. So um, I started with uh, talking a talking computer for Maryland what was it, Maryland Computing Systems, and uh, eventually uh, moved over to a uh, a PC, which was connected to the mainframe and so forth, and and, uh, and developed those kinds of systems. I eventually moved into management and had a a team of developers uh, who worked for me, uh, or whom I supervised, and uh, we developed things like uh, the nine one one system for the county and so forth. That's cool. Um, how else did you um, live your life as a blind person, just to speak out to get through life's challenges, even when it came to having a little fun? Well, <laughs> I'm. To a degree, an introverted person, uh, and uh, so I, I, I joined organizations. Um, as, uh, I was a board member for a number of organizations and so forth. Recreation, I read. Um, my latest passion over the last five years, um, other than. Uh, d- daily exercise is uh, audio darts. And uh, I, I have an audio dartboard in my home. And I, I'm also weirdly disciplined. <laughs> how, do you throw the, how do you throw the darts blind? Well, the audio dartboard system includes um, a, a toe board which is exactly eight feet away from the dartboard. And you orient yourself to the dartboard by uh, placing your toes against the dartboard. And then it's a matter of muscle memory. And uh, I'm always grateful to George Holliday, who who first introduced me to audio darts. And uh, I think... George, uh, first of all, was an excellent instructor. He and uh, Joseph Wasserman, uh, people within PCB. And so I can remember the first day of throwing darts and the darts going everywhere. 
and then but then starting to get the feel of where to throw and um and developing that that muscle memory if you want to think about that in terms that people might understand it's um let's say a baseball pitcher you know the pitcher sometimes while they in their motion look at the plate um they're not looking to see where they throw it is after all uh muscle memory that guides them uh to throw at the plate and have the kind of accuracy to put a ball on the edge of the uh, in, inside or outside edge and high and low and so forth so you don't have to see to throw darts you don't have to see to do a lot of things in life um, but it's a matter of developing technique, isn't it? It is. I was also looking at your Twitter page, at Versatile Vocal, and I understand you've been a voiceover artist and a sound editor. Did you edit and record any commercials, any play any character voices? I've, I've done commercials. Um, I, uh, it, it's funny. Um, I interacted a lot with my users when I was a systems developer. And I would always hear a lot from the ladies, oh, you have this wonderful voice, blah, 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 and you should do commercials. Well, um, I didn't really think about that uh, for years. And then as I approached retirement, I, uh, I picked up a sound editing course that John Jonathan Mosen had developed and uh, learned how to use SoundForge. And um, so uh, through word of mouth and so forth, I've done local commercials. Um, I do a lot of work for the Grid FM, um, but um, it's, it's an avocation. It's not really a vocation. I think that people have to understand to be a real voice artist and a real uh, voiceover actor. It not only requires the voice um, and a little technical skill, but it requires the drive to keep getting jobs and, and so forth. And that's, I'm so fortunate that um, I built up a, a good nest egg for retirement and I don't have that drive to get out there and get the jobs. But uh, I do want to say to young people who are interested in this field that uh, being able to deliver a script and so forth is a small part of what keeps what makes you uh, a successful voice artist. You really have to work at developing your connections in the field. Network, network, network. I love right, it. Right. Mm-hmm. You've also been the vice president for CVL and the board member of Lanta. What are CVL and Lanta? L-A-N-T-A. Yeah, well, Lanta is our transportation authority in the Lehigh Valley. And uh, it's a, uh, a bus system plus. And it also has a, uh, a uh, disability uh, rights component to it and so forth. 
and uh, I joined the board and served for about a decade. Um, and uh, to a, in some part represented the disability community, uh, but also um, I, I just had an interest in um, public transit. And CVL it, it was the Center for Vision Loss, um, and I was a member of their board. I moved on uh, to work with the uh, Center for Independent Living here in the Lehigh Valley, and I've been a member of their board for about about five years, doing something that interests me a great deal, which uh, when I was involved with uh, CVL and a number of other agencies for the blind. I uh, work mainly on service delivery. And now uh, with the Center for Independent Living, I'm much more involved in in governance and writing policy, which uh, I think suits me better. What do you plan to do in the future for the Pennsylvania Council of the Blind? <laughs> Just continue working. Uh, doing some audio work for them and uh, seeing where I fit in. But, you know, just just being a worker bee, I don't have any uh, aspirations uh, to run for office again or or anything like that. I'm, I'm very, very content to work behind the scenes. Okay. Is there anything else you'd like to add, Tony? Well, I... I'd like to thank ACB for the opportunity of working with ACB media, uh, particularly in production. And, uh, you know, uh, voiceover is fine and all that. But what I really love is doing production work and doing uh, editing. And I know that, Brian, you do uh, a lot of editing for ACB media. And, you know, it's sort of a, a labor of love. I I'd love to just be in my sound booth and and edit. Tony, I think that you're one awesome guy, and we appreciate all you do. Keep up the great work. Thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you, Brian. Before we go, listeners, I welcome your comments on this program. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind, or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website that's speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. And my show archive is, the, is it speaking out four blindpinecastco That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening. And remember to speak out. You are listening to ACB Media One also known as Mainstream, the flagship of the ACB Media Network. The ACB Media Network is a service of the American Council of the Blind. Please visit us at acbradio.org.